And God speaks through her and the choir and the music every single Sunday. We're blessed uh, here at Conway to have the, the folks that we have and the, the worship that we have and uh, for God to speak to our hearts through that. So uh, thank you for leading Miss Pam and uh, thank you for your service. The, uh, you know, this week with, with Mother's Day, it's a, it's a special, special time. And I was, uh, some, some guys, we were talking the other day and, and they were telling different jokes or stories they'd heard about mothers and, and ways that we had laughed about it. And uh, one of them told this story that fr- that from years ago, and you may have heard it, but a, a middle school science teacher was teaching his kids about magnets. And so he talked, he showed them, pulled it through the shavings and things and how it, everything clung to it. And he talked about it. Well, then the next day, he tried to give his class a quiz. And so he, he'd ask them, okay, my name, he said, I'm, I'm something, and you need to tell me what I am. My name starts with an M, and I pick things up. And about half the class said, mother. <laughs> and the teacher thought, well, I, I kind of lost it, you know, somewhere. But there's a lot of truth to that. So mothers, thank you for how you take care of us. And uh, one of the other guys told the story he'd read or heard that a, a little boy, tiny boy, about five years old, got lost in the grocery store and separated from his mom. So uh, he started just yelling out, Martha, Martha, Martha. Well, his mom heard and, and she came running and she said, well, well, son, now I'm here, but now you shouldn't have called me by my first name. You should have called me mom. And he said, I know, but this store is full of moms. And if I just called mom, everybody would have come. <laughs> <laughs> so mothers have cared for us through our lives and and uh, But today on Mother's Day is not just a celebration of mothers. It's a celebration of how God provided for us, how God put those ladies in our lives, and uh, how he touched us and, and cared for us. And uh, this morning I want to share a scripture. God's led me in a different direction than I originally intended. But First uh, Samuel chapter 1 an incredible lady who, now guys, don't turn the switch off that it's Mother's Day and we're going to talk about Hannah. But we learned some lessons through Hannah and how she confronted and how God blessed and worked in her situation that's applicable for every single one of us. You know, ladies who are mothers or are not a mother, uh, guys who not a one of you is a mother here, but it still touches you. There's some things we learned, several things we learned from, from uh from Hannah. So uh, let's go to the Lord together in prayer before we look at Scripture. Dear God, thank you. Uh, thank you that you meet all of our needs, whatever they are. Uh, God, we, we pray that you would help us to see and understand how you work. We want to surrender to you. And God, to give you complete reign in our lives. So help us to learn from this lady we're going to look at this morning. Uh, speak to us through what you, you did in her life. And God, remind us again of how you work in ours. Uh, We surrender to you now as we offer this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In Hannah's life, now you'll you'll remember the story maybe from Samuel, Samuel's who, who wrote these books, but we learned some lessons from her. And the first lesson we learn in her life is that a godly mom will face difficulty. So again, guys, same thing's true for, for men. Same thing's good for, for, for children, for students. The first few verses in the chapter. Now there was a certain man in Rehotham 
Zophim of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, and the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, from Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah. The name of the other was Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up to his, from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. Whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord. Therefore, she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. And we see in the start of this chapter, now Hannah hadn't got children. And remember, this is at a time when, when very often the value of a person was measured by children. You know, for the man having the, the, a, a lot of children, for the women providing children. And so this is a situation, two wives, one's been blessed with a lot of children and one has none. In her day, Hannah's day, as well as in our day, sometimes aren't we tempted to think that when we've got trouble in life and things aren't going well, that we've done something wrong and God's punishing us. There are people on, on uh, all kind of newspapers and books and television who will tell you that, that if you're not blessed, if you're not wealthy and everything's not going great, that it, it may be God's punishment to you. God does punish us. He does. Sometimes when we're not following his path and instead following our own, yet there are consequences to that. But in this case, this is a godly mother, and she's still facing trouble. And she's got her rival, the, the other spouse, who's got children, and she intentionally provokes her every time they go up to worship. And you can think, think about what would have happened maybe in, in that kind of situation. Think about today. Two people going up to worship, one a lot of children and one none. Can you imagine the wife with children looking at Hannah and saying, Well, I've got a bunch of children and you've got none. So can you hand me a, give me a hand with mine? Or talking about, you know, the, the baby messes up a diaper. Hey, can you help me change diapers? You do know how to change diapers, don't you? Just those little stabs and those little cuts and, and those things that she said to elevate herself. Probably she was jealous because Hannah, you read in the Scripture, Hannah got a double portion. When, the, when Elkanah is, is spreading out the things to give for an offering, he gave Hannah twice as much. So the rival's looking at Hannah thinking he loves her more than he loves me and she hasn't given children. Why is that? But for you and me, it's, it's tempting to have a, an idea that trouble means that we're out of favor with God or God's turned his back on us. But Jesus said in John sixteen thirty three, in this world you will have trouble. And then in 2 Timothy three twelve, 
The scripture says everyone who wants to live a godly life will be persecuted. Think back just last week, we, we talked about and looked at the life of Joseph. Joseph had trouble. He may have been arrogant in the beginning and, and telling stories of, that God had given him now. That they're not, he didn't make them up, but telling his family, oh, y'all are all going to bow down in front of me. That may not have been the best thing for him to say. But he wasn't out of God's will. He was following God. God's the one who revealed that to him. So in your life and in my life, there are going to be troubles that come. The testing of our faith produces endurance. It produces strength. This morning in a, in a group this big, there are people here today who are facing trouble in your life. You might be like Hannah, maybe at school or work. You've got a rival who just digs it in. And they know where to push a button or when they stick the knife in, they know how to twist it. And they don't do it so much that anybody will do anything about it. They just do it enough, it'll hurt you. Well, that's where Hannah was. And if it's where you are, there's a reminder from Hannah. A godly mom or a godly dad or a godly student or a godly man or woman who don't have children, you're going to have trouble in life. But there's a, another message if you, you read on down the, the next verses. Verse 8, Then Elkanah, her husband, said to Hannah, Why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah rose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was on the seat of the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. And she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember you, not forget your maidservant, but give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. Then as the scripture goes on, I won't read all of the verses, but she continues praying, and Eli sees her mouth moving because she's not saying words, and he thinks she's drunk. And she says, no, I'm not drunk. I, my heart's broken. I'm, I'm pouring out to the Lord. So a godly mother, as well as a godly father or a godly person, a godly mother prays. Now in this life, you'll have trouble. Everything's not going to go perfectly according to our plan, but understand, there's a plan here that God's got. God's not caught off, off guard by what's going on. He's got a desire to bless these folks, to bless this whole family, to bless a nation. So when Hannah is facing trouble, she goes to the Lord. So a godly person prays. And she's, she's honest with God. She's saying, she's pouring out her heart to God. This isn't the platitudes of, of something she memorized and she's not even thinking while she says it. Now, you've done that before, haven't you? When we've, we've learned it, uh, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the, Lord, pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And you don't even think about it. And it's a great prayer. It really is trusting God for complete provision, but we can pray it without even thinking. Same thing with the blessing of our food. Don't even think about it. We say the same thing every time. It's, it's tempting to do that. Hannah's not doing that. Hannah is casting her cares on the Lord. She is pouring her soul out. She is 
anguish. And she does make a vow to God. If you hear my prayer and you give me a, a, a son, then I'm going to dedicate him to you all the days of his life. And we'll never cut his hair. He'll take the, uh, the Nazarite vow. God, if, if you'll bless me this way, I want to surrender him and give him back completely to you. So she prays. You know, for you and, and for me, is prayer the first thing we're inclined to do when we face trouble in life, or is it the last thing? Once we've done everything we know to do, and we've failed, and then we say, all right, Lord, I'm going to give it to you. But we, we prayed to God because we'd already exhausted our strength. We didn't know what to do. Hannah's gone, she's probably tolerated all she could with her rival. She's heard it year after year after year, and she's come to wit's end. And when, she get, when her strength has failed, she says, Okay, Lord, I'm casting myself to you. Hear my prayer and bless me. So a godly mother, a godly person, prays to God. But there's a, a third thing that happens if we skip down to, to verses 17 and following. Now, she's prayed. She's cast everything out to God. And Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the Lord God of Israel grant your petition which you've asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your heart, excuse me, in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer saddened. Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Now Hannah, for years, has been grieved by not having children. This is not a short term. Years. And her rival has just poured it on and antagonized her. And Hannah's heart's broken and she's not eating and, and her stress is so high she's depressed. Now maybe you've been there. Maybe that sounds like I'm describing you. Something that's gone on for years and, and the burden's on you and it's breaking you, it's crushing you, and you're depressed. And somebody's antagonizing intentionally or, or maybe even not intentionally, but you're at that low point. Hannah went to God and prayed. And the third thing that happens is Hannah trusts God for provision. He did answer her prayer. He did grant her a, a son. But before God gave anything to her, it says that Hannah left, away, left with peace. She was strengthened. She was encouraged and she ate food. So when she had cast her cares to the Lord, when she had surrendered everything to God, and she walked away from prayer or from him in prayer, she trusted God to actually provide for her. Trusting his provision. You know, for me, it's, it's easy to, when God answers a prayer and we see the positive, and we jump to the end of, of Hannah's, for instance, she got a son, Samuel, and hey, man, that's wonderful. But can you trust God on the front end like she did? When you cast your cares on God and you, you ask Him for something and you plead with Him and you surrender to Him and you walk away saying, J just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace, hey, God can deliver us if He chooses, but if not, He's still God. Now, that, that's peace. Well, Hannah had cast her cares to God and said, God can give me a child. He can do it. 
And I'm going to walk away because now it's in His hands, it's not mine. He's heard my prayer. And I trust Him. Folks, we trust in a lot of things these days. We can trust in our bank account to provide for us. We can trust in the government to provide for us. Now, good luck with that one. We can trust in a friend. We can trust in our own selves. I don't. I think I told you this story, so I'll just tell you a sentence or two of it. But a friend of mine one day with a thriving small business, it was him, and he hired one person to work with him, pressure washing, back before everybody you know, had a pressure washer. And he was making good, extremely good money. And he said, God didn't give me anything. I earned everything I got. He was trusting in himself. And he did work hard now. He, he wasn't making that up. He worked long, 12, 14 hours a day. This time of year, he'd work 16, 18 hours a day. You and I can trust in our own selves easily. Because we think we're smart enough. We think we're strong enough. We think we're, we're, uh, we got enough connections. But Hannah trusted in the provision of God. She believed that God was going to hear and God was going to answer. So her her inner turmoil, her depression, her pain, her starving herself, couldn't eat. She's weeping all the time. She walks away and she starts eating. And God blesses her and her husband with a child. So she she trusts his provision. Uh, Paul in, in Philippians chapter 4 Verses 11 through 13 says this, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we remember that verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But the context of it is, Paul is saying, I've had a bunch and I've had very little. And I've learned to be content in it because through Christ, I can do everything. God wants to bless us. Matthew seven eleven says this, the Lord says this, If you then... Though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who are His? Now think about that. When Christmas comes and birthdays comes, we know what our kids want. And we know how to give them what they, what they need. We don't always give them everything they ask for. And like we were talking about in Sunday school, you don't give them everything. But you give them what they need, and you know how to bless. And you know how sometimes giving them what they ask for is not a blessing, but it can be a problem. It can be a curse to give a, a child everything they ask for. And you might be thinking, well, how can that be? All right, give them candy every time they want it. And see what happens. Thomas, you'll get a bunch of calls in. It'll be, be wonderful for, for business for a dentist. Might be wonderful for business for a doctor when the, the small kids got diabetes if you gave it to them every time they want it. 
If my mom had let me go without supervision every time I wanted it, I don't know that I'd have been home. You know, we, but parents, we know how, un, under God's direction, we know how to give good gifts. And we know sometimes giving what the kid wants isn't the best gift. Sometimes the best gift is love that supervises. Well, God loves you and me more than we ever could love a human being. He loves us so completely, he sent his son to die for us. That was the best gift ever. So Hannah, long before Jesus Christ set foot on this earth, she knew how to trust God for provision. There's a a fourth thing that happens in, in verses 21 and following. She keeps her promises. Now the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow, but Hannah did not go up. For she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned. Then I will take him that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. Now th- think about that. You have prayed and begged God for a son. And as soon as he gets old, that you don't have to feed him, you're going to take him to the temple and you're going to give him to them, as she says, forever. She's letting go. This gift God gave, she's giving back. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you've weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she weaned him. Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, an ephah of flour, a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. They slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli, and she said, O oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I ask. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshiped the Lord there. When I was a kid and, and I wanted something desperately and, and my parents would give it to me, but once I got my hands on it, you could not wrest that out of my hands. You, you couldn't get it. I was going to cling to it. This is mine. Just like a two-year-old. You know, mine, mine, mine. I think that's the first word a two-year-old learns. It just, mine. Hannah took her son to the temple. And said, here he is. I'm letting go of him. And then she worshipped the Lord there. Folks, there's a lot of things that we want to see our children accomplish and and do. And we love it when they, they do well in school and they graduate with honors and we love it when they, they get a good job that provides for them and, and especially in abundance and they can bless others through their, their prosperity. We love it. We love it when they, they, they reach a position in society when they're respected and, and, and people point at them on the street and say, oh, I, I know her, I know him. Uh, those are great people. We love it. The goal of every parent should be for our child to be dedicated to the Lord just as Samuel was. 
And if you're here this, this morning and you're not a parent and you're thinking, well, but I don't have children. Folks, Conway Baptist Church is blessed with children. We've got children all over the place here. And this is the body of Christ. And we've all got a responsibility for those who are coming behind us to, to help raise them up in a loving congregation where God can do everything He wants in their lives. And just like Samuel here, this, this little guy, they could have never known what was going to happen later on, but a, a whole, whole nation blessed, advisor to kings. That's who this guy was. A prophet of God who spoke the word, thus saith the Lord, he said to a whole nation. That's the little guy. That Anna says to God, here he is. You can have him. She kept her promises. How many times have you, or have I, and I, I would hate to even count it, but how many times have we made a, a vow to God, made a promise to God, and then we broke it. You've done it when you've been in difficulty. Lord, if you'll just see me through this, I'll always serve you. You know, financially, maybe you got to a point when you couldn't pay bills. Lord, if you'll just see me through this, I promise I'll be more faithful with, with my tithe to you. Promise. But then the, the blessing comes and we get by fine and then we somehow forget the vow we made to God. We get sick. Lord, if, if you'll strengthen me and, and you'll return my health to me, I promise you that every single day I work diligently for you. We're blessed and our strength is returned and then we somehow don't have time to serve the Lord because we're too busy doing other things. And a lot of times it's stuff that we just want to do that are just fun. Hannah made a promise. Lord, if you bless me with a son, I'll give him back to you forever. And then when she got a son, as soon as he was weaned, she took him to the temple and said, Lord, here, here he is. He's yours. You gave. Now you take him and you use him. What an incredible, incredible, incredible keeping of promises. But the fifth thing that, that Hannah did and that a godly person does is she praised God. The, the last of verse 28 that we read, they worshiped the Lord there. Then the, the next chapter or the next half of a chapter is Hannah's prayer. Let me read the first two verses. Hannah prayed and said, this is after she surrendered her son. My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies. Now remember, the other woman in the house was her adversary. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Oh my goodness. What an incredible, incredible worship of the omnipotent God who gave her a son, who gave her life and... And, and she says, my heart rejoices. Folks, do we rejoice when we surrender something to the Lord? Or do we mourn sometimes, honestly? We're going to let go again like that child. Mine, mine, mine. Then mom and daddy take the thing out of your hand and, and you know, you, hey, it's not yours. And the kid starts crying, just like you know, going back to children's church when a kid starts crying. We're like that as adults now. 
when we release something, we want to hold on to it, and it's, and it's mine. And she says, my heart rejoices. Can you rejoice when you surrender things to the Lord? Can you rejoice, uh, parents, when you let go of your child and they grow up and they, they leave home and they're going to serve the Lord? Rejoice. Don't cry. Rejoice. My horn is exalted. I smile at my enemies. I read an incredible book a while back that uh, Henry Blackaby called Flickering Lamps. It's, it's talking about today's church and, and it's comparing it to the churches in the chapters 2 and 3 in Revelation. And he, he made this comment that there was a time when he was serving in Saskatoon and uh, there were people back in the United States who were intent pastors who were intentionally trying to undercut the support for his ministry. He was a, a missionary, so churches here were supporting the church there. And there were people in, in California where he came from intentionally lying about him and undercutting what he was doing and trying to, to, to get the support, not for themselves, but just don't send it to him. That's what was going on. His church and his family begged him to, hey, you need to write letters, you need to travel to California, you need to go to these, these places where the, the folks are, you need to confront your enemies. And, and uh, Mr. Blackaby, Dr. Blackaby said, uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that because the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to trust Him. Because He knows what we're doing He's the one who's blessing. He's the one who's anointing this ministry. So I'm not fighting. I'm, not, I'm just going to let God take care of it. And he tells the story of, of what happened, and God definitely did take care of it. He blessed them, and uh, the, the consequences were on the other people, not on him. God blessed. Hannah trusts in the provision of the Lord, and then she kept her promises, and she worshiped him. Folks, every day for you and for me ought to be a time of worship. When we're seeing what God does in our lives and when He's providing and He's pouring His blessings out, just like the manna in the, in the Exodus that they, they took and they ate every day, as He's pouring blessings out on us, we just we praise Him. We worship Him. We fall on our face. You know, my heart rejoices in the Lord. And in verse 2, she says, No one is holy like the Lord. There is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. The rock of her salvation. She understood where her strength came from. didn't come from Samuel. didn't come from her husband, Elkanah. It came from God. That's where our strength comes from. So folks, today, for you and me, thousands of years after Hannah, we're serving the same God. The God who can give a child to the childless. The God who can give comfort to a person who's grieved. The person who can give joy to someone who's surrendering. That's the God we serve. That's a God who will change our lives every day, not just one day, every day. Then when the world sees us, they'll understand that our joy doesn't come from this world. Our joy comes from Him. What a great, great, great lesson Hannah is to us. And the story goes on. It, it really gets even more incredible as God works in Samuel's life. 
That same God works in your life and my life. So this morning, as we celebrate the gift God gave us of mothers, as we celebrate the fathers that we have, and we'll have their day in a a month or so, as we celebrate the folks who are around us, the family that God gave us here, Hannah's a great model. So the question for you and for me today is, have I been willing in the midst of turmoil and, and difficulty to pray to God, to surrender to God, and to worship God like that lady did? Bow with me together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're thankful. Thankful that you give us everything that we could ever need. And God, we pray this morning that as we have thought about and read about Hannah some and, and her giving up her little son that you blessed her with to serve you. And God, we're tempted to hang on to the things you give us, but this morning we ask you to give us courage to surrender. Give us courage to let go. Help us to trust your provision. And God, we want to just praise you all the time. So as, as some of us this morning are in difficulty, God, we surrender it to you right now. That your strength will be what shines through. That your, your strength is made perfect in our weakness. And God, we surrender to you. And we pray that the world will see. We give you this church. Lord, you've blessed with many, many children and teenagers and young adults and middle adults and senior adults. And God, you put us together in this one body. Lord, we want to bring you glory. We want to praise you. Help us to do it better. Help us to do it more fully. God, we give you everything as we offer this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Our hymn of invitation is hymn 345, Now I Belong to Jesus. Just like Hannah gave up Samuel, he belongs to God. Well, you belong to Jesus. That's whose you are. That's who made you. This morning, if you're here and you've never surrendered, you've never given over control, and you've just held on to it, this is a day to let go. I belong to Jesus. Then you can watch and see what he does in your life like he did in Samuel's. You may or may not be an advisor to to kings, presidents. You might be. You might not be. But God will have his anointing on you, that is for sure. He'll bless you, that is for sure. So this is a time of surrender. Uh, The altar's open. You can come kneel here, sit on the front pews. I'll be at the front to receive you. But this is a time to say to Jesus, Yes, Lord, I'm yours. Let's stand together now as we sing.